welcome to the Clemson Dubcast, recording this on a morning, Thursday morning, September 22nd. As soon as this wraps up, going to go ahead and publish our weekly video analysis segment. Going to zero in on DJ Oungalale, the keeps on the zone reads that we think are pretty important moving forward. Also, the middle of the field stuff that really has a lot of people in a tizzy after they didn't go to the middle much against Louisiana Tech. I think number zero is going to be a part of that changing moving forward because he's getting open a lot, and I think you're going to see that really free up a good bit of the things they're going to do on offense moving forward. We have plenty on that at TigerIllustrated.com. My good friends Blake Smith and Brooke Archenhold have been part of the podcast since the beginning way back in August of 2018. They have an accomplished team of personal injury attorneys at Parm Smith and Archenhold based in Greenville. They are Clemson people and their skillful attorneys have decades of experience in complicated litigation matters, taking a special interest in medical malpractice, nursing home abuse and neglect, car accident cases that have left the individuals involved in serious trouble. For a free consultation at Parm Smith and Archenhold, call 864-990-4581 or online at parhamlaw.com. That's P-A-R-H-A-M law.com. Football season is grilling season and Jack Oliver's Pool Spa and Patio is South Carolina's premier source for the big three. Weber, Traeger, and Big Green Egg Grills. Blackstone Griddles, too. I'm Jack Oliver. Grill all your tailgate favorites to perfection with a premium gas, charcoal, or pellet grill, then top it all off with something sizzling from your Blackstone Griddle. For grills, griddles, patio furniture, hot tubs, and saunas, shop in store or online at Jack Oliver's Pool Spa and Patio, Forest Drive in Columbia, and jackoliverpools.com. I'm Josh Burrell, receiver and running back for the Florida State Seminoles. When I'm back home in the Midlands, I enjoy grilling and relaxing with my family, and we get everything we need from Jack Oliver's Pool Spa and Patio. Thanks, Josh. I'm Jack Oliver, and we proudly offer the Big Green Egg, Weber, and Traeger Grills, Blackstone Griddles, and beautiful patio furniture, too. We're located at 3303 Forest Drive in Columbia and online at jackoliverpools.com. And we deliver. They're good people. Go see them today. Solero Communications, formerly known as Tandem Payment, is a full-service integrated electronic payments provider powered by leading-edge technology. Solero provides a wide array of merchant solutions, simplified payments. They make onboarding, taking payments, maintaining risk management and compliance, and getting support quick and easy. At Solero, they're all about helping you achieve sustainable growth as a business. Taking payments isn't the only thing your business needs. With Solero's solutions, you can manage inventory, sell products and services via social media, schedule staff, track sales, get reports, and much, much more. Find out more about Solero at solerocommerce.com. That's C-E-L-E-R-O commerce.com. When you're ready for a complete renovation in your home or business, open the door to more with Harris Home and Harris Commercial. Their local experience team will totally transform any room space from beautiful floor coverings to construction to finished details. Harris handles every step of your renovation process, whether it's a kitchen or living room or an industrial or educational setting like some of the positively stunning work they've done at Clemson University. Go to discoverharris.com and experience a total renovation transformation from Harris Home and Harris Commercial. Okay, to one of the most entertaining guests you're going to find here or anywhere else, Ben Bulware. Enjoy. All right, joined by local businessman, Ben Bulware. I like saying that. Do you like hearing it? Had a nice, <laughs> nice ring to it. Very different. If you would have said that in 2016, that would have been sounding kind of weird. Like what? 
How's it going with the junkyard in downtown Clemson, man? It looks great. I haven't been in, but I've heard good things. It looks awesome when I drive by it uh, a few times a week. Do you you live in Clemson? Do you not? I do. Dude, you need to come by. I, sh- I should. We should. We should be doing this interview in person. I guess I'm a little we lazy. We should. That's me and you walking on the treadmill doing the interview. But uh, <laughs> yeah, it's 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 gone well. It's definitely been a like a learning curve. You know, with every location you opened up, you learn doing new things. You bring new people on the team. Uh, our Anderson location has been going for over four years now. Has been just like. Uh, very firm foundation for us. Like our Anderson people were just like, they're not going anywhere. They're freaking good folks. They work hard and, uh, they like, we're, we're friends with most, most of them. So that's been a solid location. Greenville, um, has been, Greenville has been our best location from a like membership financial standpoint, uh, just cause there's more people in Greenville. Um, we opened up, that one literally in the middle of the pandemic, which is funny that now two years out of it, uh, it's been our best location. Um, and then opening up Clemson a month before the summer rolled around was probably poor timing. So we had to really, really get creative and grind it out in the summer, which is good. dude. Like I, like our staff needed to, see that it's not all rainbows and daisies, you know, like, it's not like you got to really work your nuts off in this business world and especially small business to experience fruit. So when we opened up our Clemson spot in the summer with no one there, and then the outside of the building is like still under construction, which is like, we kind of still are, we're getting out of that, um, which is a whole nother conversation we can have not on, uh, recording, but <laughs> when you're open, you open a business in the summer and then the outside of the building doesn't look like you're open. That's tough for a business. So yeah. we had to really, really get creative and like pursue people. And it was awesome. Like we had to just like bootstrap it for the first, cause we opened it up in April. Um, when that been January, February, March, April, so the fourth month we're in the, so we're like five, six months in now. Um, so we really had to grind it out and it was good. You know, like our manager and the people that are on our team had to really see like, Hey, people aren't just going to walk in the door, you know, and just like, Oh, I'm going to have a thousand members. It's not Walmart. You know, you, if you're in small business and the majority of businesses, you got to pursue people and consistently do it to retain them. And we did that over the summer and just laid a really good foundation for our staff in Clemson. And we're now experiencing fruit, you know, like the students are back. Our people in Clemson are awesome. Like we have a super young staff. Um, like, I don't think anyone on our, our team in general is really young. Like I'm, tw- I just turned 28. Marcus is 28 out of the, 42 people on our team, I think probably 35 of them are under 30. So a really, really young business, um, which has its blessings and curses, more blessings than curses for sure. Um, but our, our, our Clemson staff is probably, we have one person, uh, two people on our Clemson team that are over like 26. Wow. So, but dude, they're freaking great. Like I'm telling you, 
they're so invested. Like they love like the, the we, have a, we have a good workout. Like the product, like not looking at anything else. The workout is very unique, and it like it works. Like the science is there. That the product works, um, but everything else, like our people, are just super solid. Like they're reliable, they're dependable. They show up when they're supposed to show up. They just represent our business well, and that's hard to find in people in general. That's hard to find in a a grown man, let alone a twenty one year old female that's a senior in college. You know. And our people in Clemson are just super solid. So they're now experiencing fruit because we've kind of laid out the foundation, how we operate, what you have to do. And like, you just do what the blueprint says, uh, obviously add your personality into it and be who you are. But if you do that, then and you take care of the people that you have and just like treat them the way that you want to be treated. Everything else just kind of falls into place. So it's going well now, but we got kicked in the nuts during the summer, which is great. Like, I, I love that we got humbled and our team got to see that. So it's it good. It's going. It's trending upward for sure. Clemson, certainly not Greenville, but it's also not Athens or Tuscaloosa. It's really small. Uh, summer running a business around here in the summer very difficult because it's oh, yeah. kind of a ghost town. What do you? Can you give a picture of what it looks like? of what that looked like when you're trying to pursue customers, what are you doing? And what plans did you come up with that you're now set, you know, seem to be proud of? So what I do in our business is, and we've kind of strayed away from it because there is a market for it, but it, we're not like in a New York city or some like Atlanta, but I've handled all of like our corporate accounts. So for example, there's a, Company, there's an industrial company in Anderson called Mergon. Uh, I don't think they would care I said this, but there's a company called Mergon in Anderson. Um, they're just like a manufacturer and probably a business you probably hadn't heard of, but they have like 500 employees. And the lady that's head of their HR has been coming to our Greenville location and Anderson location since day one. And I reached out to her, hey, like, We'd love to get your team in the door um, and have the company pay for it because the company gets a write-off. They usually get lower health insurance because they can show and prove to the insurance agencies that their team, like, hey, we have a, a corporate account at this gym. So our team's in better shape, essentially. So they'll get lower uh, premiums. And yeah, it's a write-off and it makes it just makes it easier for the employee to show up. So just like, all the things why it makes sense. And so they'll buy like a couple hundred classes every month to our Anderson location. So makes it, it's good on the employer for write off insurance and good on the employee makes it easier for them to show up. And it's good for our business as well. So I've, all that being said, I've handled that for all of our locations and we made our Clemson manager and we all kind of did it like helped out but just walking through downtown, like, dude, handing flyers out, handing free class cards, just banging down doors to get people in the door, you know? Because, like, you got to pursue people, and I will always spend money to make money. You know, you have to, you know? So, like, we give out 
free classes like it's candy. And because now we can get you in the door because they don't cost you anything. You know, if we can get you in the door for free, then usually we make it very, very sticky to leave because the workout's good. Like it will kick your freaking face in in a good way. But also our people will just like take care of the people that come in and make it very, very sticky to leave. So if we can get you in the door for free, usually everything else takes care of it. But like what we did is just walk around to every single business. We did every Clemson Chamber of Commerce event, um, just kind of putting our name out there to that area. And um, for the people that were coming that were in like summer school or that like adults that just lived in the area, just like hammered home hospitality to them and just like showed so much love. So we take care of them obviously when no one else is showing up and they're loyal and they don't want to leave because now I freaking hate the workout and Ben pisses me off, but I'm friends with their entire staff now. So it, I can't leave, you know? So just old school, just walking door to door. Hey, I'm the manager of the junkyard of Clemson. Here's, 10 free class cars for you and your staff to come try work out. It'll be on us. It'll cost you a penny, but your dignity, uh, come see us and do that consistently. Like every single week, people will get annoyed and finally just, all right, F it, I'll call it. You know, is that, can you, can you think back to the, cause I guess you open in April and you, your expectations are one thing, but then the reality hits. What's the, the low point that you can recall where you're like, Oh crap, we're going to have to, we're going to have to really do more and, and go door to door and think outside the box. Do you remember oh, what that looked like? What that felt yeah. like? Dude, you can't even imagine the amount of people that told me, dude, you don't have to ever worry about your Clemson location. People are going to be knocking y'all's door down to come try work out with y'all. The way that uh, the, the, the football history, when you played there, people are going to be dying to come try work out. And I'm like, dude, don't shut up. You don't know that. Like, don't put those thoughts in my head because I'm not believing them. It's not how it, that's not how it is. And yeah, like businesses, like we're, we're definitely trending upward and it's going solid now. We're going the right direction. But you do that and uh, you open up in the summer when no one's there, you know, like people don't care about football. People are at home. They don't, they're not like drive five hours to like, come to a location. So Seeing that in the summer, I love it because, like, it, it just it keeps you humble. And I know that it's not freaking pancakes and, and waffles every single day. You know, it's freaking dirty. You got to pursue people. You're going to get humbled. And you got to find creative ways to keep the doors open. And opening up a new location with an entire new staff with a building that was still like, you couldn't tell that it was open. That was open. Well, there's freaking Bobcats in the parking lot and, like, <laughs> chain, chain link fence. And so all that looked like just, a junkyard, dude, it looked like a junk. <laughs> it is not like a high end studio. So that's what was really tough on my end. I'm like, people can't even tell that we're opened up and I'm sure the, the Shepherd Hotel and walk-ons is still dealing with this. Just like the way of the world now, like with all these supply chain issues and like 
labor shortages. I get it. So like from like the landlord standpoint, their hands are tied behind their back. There's like, we're literally doing everything we can. We can't find people. And then we can't get this one part from China. It's 10 years delayed. And then I'm losing my mind. And they're like, dude, I don't know what to tell you. So all in all, super humbling experience that I freaking loved because um, it made us get creative. You know, you got to adapt or die. And we had to really adapt in the summer. And uh, things are going in the right direction now. But because we worked our balls off in the summer. If somebody is asking you for advice, somebody who has zero experience running a business like you had, zero experience zero. running a business before you started, what is the hardest part? Because a lot of this stuff's in your wheelhouse, the workout part, the sweat and all that stuff and grinding away. But what parts are maybe the parts you didn't really think about and then you really had to learn whether it's, uh, I don't know, taxes, bookkeeping, stuff like that. Like what? Oh yeah. The, I still suck at that stuff. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> look, don't forget that I went to school for football and not for school. So <laughs> I have found, I learned early and often that like stuff that I hate, like the numbers and I'm not trash at it. Like I'm not an idiot. Um, my guys freaking graduated from Clemson in three and a half years. So I'm not a freaking nincompoop. But like I don't enjoy doing like all like the bookkeeping stuff. Like that doesn't like get my freaking blood boiling. So my little sister does all of our backend stuff. Um, so my, my little sister has been essentially doing all the backend work of our business since day one. She's a year younger than me. Um, she went to Clemson and, she would be like our CFO or like general manager, what do you want to call it? Um, but like bookkeeping, uh, we have obviously have an accountant for our taxes, so like all the number stuff on the back end, like the nerdy stuff. She's a lot better at that and giving her full reign on it. Um, so like one note on that is just like finding, make sure you're putting people in positions to be successful, uh, like in, in positions that they enjoy, you know? So like, We've done that with Bailey and she's crushed it and she's super smart and has done a million times better than I would ever do in that position. Uh, but then like backtracking out of like that standpoint is like finding people, you know, in the first year of our Anderson location, like me, Marcus and Bailey really had to grind it out, you know, and like wear many, many hats and to keep like our payroll super low because we're not freaking bringing in a lot of revenue. Um, and then once we started bringing in more, more money, we can obviously create systems for people to thrive. But yeah, we really had the biggest challenge to the probably till the day I die is people, you know, like, it just comes to like the business will grow as far as like, our people will allow it. Cause like the product is what it is. We have a system for our product. The workout is like a computer or a freaking a monkey could do that. Cause it just is what it is. Like it doesn't, that doesn't, that's just like programming from a workout standpoint. Obviously it takes creativity um, to do those workouts, but like from a, a, like the systems and a system standpoint, it takes people, you know, and that's been the biggest learning curve. Like 
leading a football team for, I guess, my junior and senior year, because freshman and sophomore year, I didn't really do anything. But junior and senior year, leading a group of 100 other 18 to 21-year-old meatheads is very different than leading a team now that is so much more diverse. You know, a lot, a lot of our team is female. Um, and each of them is running their own race, like living their life, how they want to live it, not how I want it to be lived. That's okay. I guess they're all right. They can do what they want, but it's a lot more diverse than a football team. So that challenges you as a leader. Like you can't cuss out someone on your team, like how I may would have done it in football because they're (laughs) not, you know, obviously you can't do that. So you really have to adjust how you lead your people. You got to be a lot more patient and it's not cookie cutter. Like it's not a cookie cutter type leadership and everyone wants to be communicated and led in a certain way. And as the leader, you have to adjust to that, you know, or they're going to leave. Um, so like leading a more diverse team has been a challenge, but even like finding like good people. And then once you find good people, finding creative ways to keep them has been the biggest challenge. And then creating like systems for things that matter to you. Um, there's a million things that like if someone's like, I could talk for years on, but there's a lot of stuff that like we do in the back end that people have no clue about that's taken yeah, four years and a lot, a lot of like people pulling into me from a wise council standpoint to get us where we are today. And there's still things we F up that like, we're not great at that. We're still like learning and I mean, I'll be hopefully 105 years old and still learning things. But yeah, people and systems has been super like roundabout way to get to what you just asked. Your former head coach at Clemson uh, doesn't just lead 130 players; he leads an organization, which oh, is yeah. which is similar to what you're talking about doing now. Um, and he has such a great touch with every part of it. Um, how much have you learned from him, taken from him, and have you sought his advice uh, through, through through some of this as you're taking on a leadership role in your in your realm? Uh, I haven't needed to like take any advice from him because I, I like learned a lot while I was there from a people and system standpoint. Um, but no, I haven't like, Hey coach, let's go get mm-hmm. lunch one day. I know that dude is as busy as the freaking president and I'm not about to add to that list. Um, we literally, we texted last week. Um, I was, uh, this text. so I got a Harley. Yeah. So does he, right? Yeah. He has a freaking Harley. Um, <laughs> so I picked my Harley up like, where's this text at? I can trash. much more easily picture you riding a Harley than Dabo Sweeney Dude, riding a Harley. I'm, ta- I'm telling you. <laughs> so pretty much, I can't find the, here it is. So, yeah, I sent him a picture of my Harley, and I picked it up after I got service. This is last week. I was like, God, the Harley store said he delivered you yours. Uh, just got my back, 48 special. He goes, love it. 
I've had one since 2017. Love riding mine. I was like, what you got? He's like, got a 2020 CBO and sent a picture of him, him, Kath, and his friends <laughs> before they rode up to Highlands. Uh-huh. Um, yeah, so we talked last week, literally to Harleys. But yeah, from like a business advice standpoint, I haven't really um, – I'm not gonna like add this plate. On yeah, that we'll, end. we'll just but, we'll, yeah. But what you but what you soaked up while you yeah, were there? Probably. More of that. So what I think that Coach Swinney has done so well, um, like he, I think he's, and I've I've said this multiple times. He's obviously a good football coach. Like he knows offense. He, I, I'm not saying he's not a, a defensive guy, but he obviously knows offense more than he knows defense. But is a good like offensive mind but he is an even better leader and he's smart enough to realize that he can't do it all and he can't micromanage everybody. So he's brought in really good coaches that are good coaches, also good leaders, but like they are at the top, like a really good football coach, super smart where he can focus on the the people standpoint, the leadership stuff and the systems. And while his coaches can coach, you know, um, and that's like, that's probably the biggest thing that I've learned is that he let, he lets his coaches coach. Uh, he lets the systems operate how they're supposed to operate. And I feel like he's probably just managing systems every single day and people, you know, not really doing any X and X's and O's. If he's having to do X's and O's, then coaches aren't doing their jobs, yeah. <laughs> you know? So, and maybe he is a little bit, I don't, I don't know the, like, I don't have our sitting in on our staff meetings, but I imagine that's how it's gotta be run. You know, like you said, it's an organization, you know? So he's the CEO, you know, he shouldn't be freaking drawing up plays and looking through like a uh, defensive freaking scheme of the, of the next week's team. You know, he's making sure that, the coaches have a good grasp on their players and that are doing that. So yeah, that's probably the biggest thing, which is honestly kind of what my role is turning into in our business. Like we have good systems in place. We have good people that make sure those systems are happening. And then my role is to kind of make sure that like the people that are in charge of those systems are doing it at the standard that we need. I think most people who think you're going to crush it downtown uh, think that because of the number of students who are very close by. Do you have a feel Mm -hmm. for how many students live or are going to live within, say, a 500-yard radius of of your business? Yeah, there's a crap ton. Crap ton. Uh, Yeah, that's... Yeah, so uh, that, that's when the challenge is being patient and getting all the things in place. So when students come back, I guess probably a month ago, um, well, we're ready for that downpour, you know. So and we're, we're ready, you know. Students are back, they're coming in, or if we feel good. But yeah, there's uh, always many more people. We're not even, like, close to where... I know that location should be or can be. Um, 
we were talking before I hit record. You said you go to bed before eight o'clock every night. So, once you get out of college, and you get married. <laughs> when, you know, when did you like, get married, brother? Congratulations. Yeah, we got married in in March. Okay. So, funny story. I, the first day on our honeymoon in Mexico was the first day we opened up our Clemson location. Boy, that's what stress looks like. <laughs> yeah, so she was not happy with me. I was like, the first day of our honeymoon was like on my phone the whole time, which is stupid of me, but it was a freaking mess. Um, yeah, we got married in March. And uh, we just moved. We, had, we lived pretty close to downtown Anderson. Uh, we sold that house um, a little over a month ago and moved out to Pendleton. So I'm kind of right in between Anderson, Clemson, and Greenville, which is good from like our business standpoint. I'm like 25 minutes from each location. Um, yeah, once you get like I'm 28, I feel like I'm 58. But once you get married and you're in the real world. Why? What is the point of staying up till ten, eleven o'clock? What does that do for you? That's <laughs> stupid. You know, like you need sleep. It's just like to operate at a high level and not be a turd. You literally got to get sleep, and I am well aware of that. So, yeah, by eight o'clock most nights, we're in bed, and I, I, I usually got to get up like three, four at the latest, five in the morning. So. Yeah, if I was getting to sleep in until 8 o'clock every single day, sure, I might stay up a little later because I don't I can still get eight hours of sleep. But you just get up really, really early, and you're like, business starts at 5 in the morning, and you're getting phone calls that early. Yeah. You got to get up earlier. So I love my sleep. And, yeah, I'm not freaking not staying up from midnight watching Netflix. Well, I couldn't tell you the last time I stayed out like a Friday or Saturday night in like downtown. Like I think we we went out maybe like over, over a month ago and like 9.30 hit and we were like, Jesus Christ, <laughs> we have got to get home. <laughs> it was, we were so tired, which is good. Like you spend less money, you're not going to feel like trash the next morning um, and ain't nothing good happening past that, that time. You know, so... Past yeah. nine thirty, hey. man, you really do sound old. Hey, I have <laughs> learned from experience. All yeah, right, so I try to be in bed by eight o'clock most nights. Were you a party guy in college? Um, I mean, I enjoy my college experience, um, but I wasn't like I wasn't an idiot. But like, yeah, I wasn't a freaking. I wasn't in bed by eight o'clock. <laughs> Every night in college, but yeah, I wasn't a meathead. Like I didn't do anything stupid. But yeah, I had fun. I like enjoyed my college experience. So the can you give some insight? So the routine of a college player during a season, <clears throat> usually Thursday nights, the night to go out, right? So Thursday nights, what we did is we'd go to three, five, six. Me, um, and some of the buddies that I was close with on my team, we'd go to three, five, six. We'd have dinner. We'd get loose change from to like deliver food over. Like loose change would deliver to three five six. Uh, we never really went. I mean, 
I don't remember what I did yesterday, let alone what I did six plus years ago. Um, I know we go I'm, every Thursday night during the season. We go three by six. We eat dinner, and we may go out a little bit. But like, if you're playing, like you're playing at a high level and you're starting, I mean, and you care about it, yeah, you wouldn't be an idiot. You know, like coaches would find out, especially if, yeah, if you're starting. And they like here you're downtown on a Wednesday, Thursday, Friday night, but Sweeney would rip you. So they had eyes and ears everywhere. Um, but yeah, like freshman and sophomore year, you like, like I'm a freaking I'm playing twenty snaps in the whole season. Yes, I want to enjoy my college experience. But like junior and senior year, especially senior year, I mean I I was zero dark thirty. Like I was and like I still had fun. I wasn't a freaking loser. But uh, yeah, you wouldn't catch me at least during the week downtown. That's that's one of the things I I kind of stopped because I knew this is like last chance. I'm not about to be an idiot and ruin this opportunity. Do you ever have any like tough guy who gets all drunk and he tries to pick a fight with you? To for some reason that stuff happens, and I don't really understand why because football players usually can uh, mutilate. Whoever is is uh, confronting him. Um, I don't think I don't remember every. I mean, all my fights were football fights. Uh, I got like, a decent amount of football fights. I can practice with our team. Nothing like personal, but like you're just playing an aggressive sport and fights happen. Um, so I got a lot with football. I don't think I ever got, and not that I remember. Um, like downtown you you like i've seen plenty uh yeah you just get some drunk dude that wants to challenge a a big football player which makes no sense um and more times than not that wouldn't go well for the drunk guy but yeah i don't think not that i remember uh i mean i've been like at a couple like at a, a concert in a freaking farm uh that wasn't at clemson i i can't speak all of the fights i've gotten because i yeah i've freaking i've had my fair share i don't think i ever gotten any in downtown clemson though yeah but most times they're just meatheads challenging other meatheads if you're in the eastern midlands and pd area and you're in any way interested in buying and selling a home commercial property, land, need to consider reaching out to Uptown Realty. They're based out of Sumter and run by a friend of mine, Patrick Enzer, big Clemson guy, used to cover the Tigers in a newspaper capacity, longtime supporter of Tiger Illustrated, longtime listener to the Dubcast. The home buying process should be an enjoyable experience, so let Patrick and his staff do all the heavy lifting. All you got to do is pick up the phone and call 803-774-0435 or go to UptownRealtySC.com. Want to share a quick word about Founders Federal Credit Union? If you've been to a sporting event in Clemson, you've probably heard about Founders already. They are the official credit union partner of the Clemson Tigers. In addition to that, all Clemson faculty, staff, and students are eligible for membership as well as IPTA members. Matt Gross is a proud Clemson alum and the vice president for the Clemson market for Founders Federal Credit Union. Matt's office is located beside the Walmart neighborhood market on Old Greenville Highway in Clemson. For more information, go to foundersfcu.com. Another 
another loyal supporter of the Dubcast is Blackacre Law Firm in Greenville, a subsidiary of Parm Smith and Archenthold. Blackacre helps South Carolina residents achieve their dreams of home ownership by providing experienced professional representation for real estate closings. Attention to detail is crucial in real estate law. Blackacre is committed to making sure nothing gets by them preparing residential or commercial closings. Blackacre also offers estate planning services for their clients in the Greenville area. Find out more about Blackacre at 864-326-3507. You haven't watched the football team thus far super closely, but I'm just curious, given the last time we talked, which I guess was last winter, we were talking about the West Goodwin hire, and you were telling me that, I believe I'm, get, I'm getting this right, that you were skeptical until Skowski um, sort of like gave you some insight and, and made you feel a lot more comfortable about that hire. Have you been able to see enough so far to really kind of form any opinions on the look and feel of this defense through three games? Yeah, and I actually <clears throat> I introduced Wes at the Anderson Touchdown Club last week, and we talked a little bit, and that you can see just from like a communication standpoint, like he is not going to go up there and wow anyone like uh, coach Sweeney from uh, this, give you this crazy speech and get up standing up clapping, but you get him talking ball. It was funny how he just like flipped the switch. He did like a little Q and a after the speech and people were asking questions about this schemes, people and, you could tell how much more interested he was in in that, like talking ball, than giving some like crazy speech. You know, um, so I know like mentally, it's all there for them. Like I think his biggest, the thing he wants to do the most with our defense is just like simplify it, because I mean, Coach Venable's stuff wasn't. It was. It was it was chaotic, you know, it was, wasn't simple. It worked. Like if you have guys that were really, really committed and that like knew the game, it worked. But if you have guys that are meatheads that aren't studying and aren't thinking fast on their feet, those chaotic schemes do not work because you're just playing scared. And I think Wes has really, really tried to simplify it because he knows he has freaks out there, you know, like every single level you got guys that like could potentially be a first round draft pick. And when we talked last week, that was like, he's, he's, he was like, I feel good. Like from a communication standpoint, I've really tried to simplify stuff. He's like, obviously we haven't been perfect. He was like last week, I think talking about, um, Berman. Yeah. Cause we, we met, it was on Friday. We played La Tech last week. Yes. He was talking about Berman with, um, I can't remember which week, uh, what game he was talking about, but he was talking about uh, Brice's sister just like really tearing everyone up. Yeah. And he was just like, that has been uh, like a real, like a big challenge for the guys of having like navigate through that. Um, but he's like, I feel good about it. Like we're trending upward and really trying to keep it as simple as possible. So they're not having to think and they're like just being able to play ball. And obviously, like every season, like there's holes and guys make mistakes, but yeah, I feel like if they can get to the point where consistently every drive 
you're not having to rely on those linebackers to set the front and then communicate to the guys in the back end, that's when you'll see it all come together. I don't think they've gotten there yet because I think talent and scheme-wise, it's there. It's like communication that I feel like is what's slowing them down a little bit. And again, it's my opinion. I'm freaking not playing. I'm not in their playbook. I'm not in their meetings. Um, but usually, like, you can see, yeah, yeah, if there's a defense full of guys like me out there and we're sucking, probably the talent is just like, they're lacking talent. They got a bunch of six-foot white boys out there. That's why we <laughs> suck. But they don't have that. They got some dudes out there and – Talent isn't the issue. I think it literally just has to be like confidence and communication and like consistent communication. Um, I think once they get that dialed in, then you'll be able to see like, like Georgia Tech. I feel like the Georgia Tech scheme, what they – Georgia Tech's offense is very – again, I don't know the wing key anymore, but like their stuff is still very, very simple where – if the offense is very simple, the defense is also very simple because like the scheme that was putting in is simple. You can see where when we put it all together or not having to think the freaking where you get uh, Carter out there flying around like a crazy man and just making plays. You add some difficulty to the offense and then really having to have to think and communicate at a high level under pressure in the home environment. Um, that's when stuff starts having to pop through. So I think once they get the communication at all three levels kind of locked in, then we'll see the defense that we expected. One thing I'm offensively, cu- I feel like DJ's DJ's trending in the right direction. Yeah, you know, um, Shipley's a dog. Um, I think our 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 line and receivers are not where they need to be, but DJ is trending in the right direction, which we've all seen. And then Shipley is who he said he is and who we thought he was. One thing that's really kind of unavoidable is the different, the stylistic difference between Wes and his predecessor in terms of their demeanors. Uh, and as you've mentioned, there were so many times where you were scared to death of Venables just when you saw the white foam in the corner of his mouth and all that and one sequence against Louisiana Tech they gave up a they gave up a touchdown off a run inside the five that was something that Venables probably would have bitten somebody's head off for Wes just sort of claps a couple times and then walks down to the other end of the sideline I'm curious and this is not a knock on Wes it's more of just wondering the difference in the styles uh, what type of impact that has like I guess it, when you when you have the fear of God in your head, does that make you have more attention to detail as opposed to a coach who's more laid back like Wes is? Do you see where I'm going? I mean, I'm just curious yeah. to explore that. I think that it depends on the person. It depends on the player and how they respond to making a mistake. You know, like, obviously, for me, like... I knew when I messed up or when someone else messed up 
and then you're already like you're playing on national TV and people are watching. That for some guys is enough. Like, dang it, I effed up. I know what I did wrong. I'm gonna fix it next time. But I also needed a guy like Venables to just get in my face and threaten my manhood. Pretty much spitting in my face to just kind of drill it in. Like, Lord have mercy, I don't want to experience any of that again. Like, probably getting cussed out by some of my teammates, getting dogged by all the fans, and then getting Venables ripped a new one. Yeah, I'm going to make sure that does not happen again. Said- I was playing like if, under, under Wes, like, I don't, I mean, I don't know how I would respond to that just because I played under V for four years and that resonated with me. It obviously challenged me and there were like things that I, we could have happened differently, but overall, like I resonated more with the Venables because my personality is more like Venables. Um, so I don't know, like that's tough for me to speak on because what I experienced is Venables and I resonate with that. So I don't like, I don't know. I just, I wouldn't resonate with it. I, I need someone to cuss me out. <laughs> um, can you, can we go back to when you quit in 2014? I mean, that was obviously the pivotal moment in your career, your college career. It might even been a pivotal moment in your life. Um, can we can we recreate that scene? Because I think David Hale of ESPN wrote about that a uh, month or so ago, and it was really interesting. Yeah, so freshman year, so just as a foundation, that I'm 18, 19 years old, uh, a young dude that is just stupid and young. Um, and then going from, I mean, like a top five, linebacker in high school under Armour all American, then getting to freshman year, not playing a lick. That's a challenge for anybody. Even if you're mature immature, that's still a challenge to just get humbled like that. So freshman year happened. I expected to play more than I did. That obviously pissed me off. And then sophomore year, I feel like I made some gains as like a player uh, from like a maturity standpoint and I felt like I deserved to play. Um, and it was me, I was going, I was at Will and I was going against Tony Stewart, who's like, obviously he's a good people. He's a good athlete dealt with a lot of injuries from a knee standpoint that I felt like we're holding him back. Um, nothing he could do about it, but it's like where our feet were, at that moment, my freshman year or my sophomore year, his senior year, I felt like I was grading out better and I felt like I was performing better. So I felt like I should have played. And they are very, very loyal to singing. This is not a knock on Tony at all. Like Tony's good people. Um, but just from like a business and a football standpoint, I felt like I shouldn't start. And they're really, really loyal to seniors and they gave the nod to Tony. That obviously pissed me off. I'm like, all right, I've already been in the freaking doghouse for a year now. I'm not playing. I'm done what I'm supposed to be doing, and I'm still not playing. Bro, I'm not. I'm tired of waiting. This like sucks. I'm already getting, still getting cussed out by Coach Venables, and I'm not handling it well. And 
I remember being in my freaking dorm room, like calling my parents crying, like so miserable, like fighting demons. Sports stress, sports stress is tough. And I was not handling it well. So just like was in a bad space. And I'm like, I am quitting. My dad owns a concrete company. I was like, I, I will freaking finish my degree or drop out and just go work for the company. They're like, my dad and I'm like, bro, you don't want to do that. Like, this is freaking uh, tough life working in concrete. And I'm like, I don't care. I am ready to fight this man. I can't take it anymore. And maybe like a week after that conversation, it had to be like the first or second weekend of the season. It was uh, the week we played Louisville my sophomore year, like that Monday, the Monday of Louisville week. He puts me in. We all go practice on eight thirty because you don't you don't uh, start on Mondays till really really late. Um, puts me in against scout team. Uh, puts me on the ones like when my first chances go with ones in like a team drill. Puts me in. I'm supposed to set the front. I'm pretty sure I set the front the wrong way. And one, I knew what was going on, but I'm operating scared because I'm like, bro, I've been cussed out for a year and a half or over a year now. I'm just playing on pins and needles. So get my freaking one chance, and I just poop the bed, set the front the wrong way. He freaking blows the whistle and just yanks me out and then rips me a new one in front of everybody. And I'm already like on the brink of destruction. And then that happens, and I'm like, you know what? F it. I am done. This is this is like the culmination of all this. So I'm done. After practice, we meet as a linebacker group. He proceeds to like dog me again for like getting an opportunity and then just blowing it, which I get. And we break it down and I'm like, hey, can we talk for a second? I'm like holding back tears, like fighting it. And he's like, yep. We walk like couple feet away and I'm like coach need to let you know I'm hanging the the cleats up I am done with football like I hate it I'm not in a good headspace I don't like you like I don't think you have coached me well Um, and that that was part of my immaturity not looking back now he was doing what I needed I just was soft I was like, I don't think you, I don't like you. I hate football. I'm miserable. I don't enjoy it. So I'm done. Uh, just want to let you know, I'm going to pack up uh, my locker. I'm going to talk to Sweeney in the morning. And he laughed at me. And that was literally, he just started laughing. And I'm crying at this point. So that was tough. I'm like, do this. He didn't take me seriously. Like, I'm about to swing on this guy. And he was like, Bro, you're not quitting. And I'm like, Coach, I swear to God, I am done. I made my mind up. I already talked to my parents. I'm quitting. And he was, we ended up talking for about 30 minutes, had a really good conversation. We walked back to the West End Zone, and he proceeds to give me a, a freaking pity start against Louisville that week. I know he did because, like, all right, I got to give this dude something. He's got to quit, so I'm going to let him start against Louisville. And, but I played well. Like I had a good freaking game against Louisville. Um, I got a couple of TFLs, like some big plays and graded out pretty well. 
And I think that was good for both of us because for me, it instilled a lot of confidence in me. Like, okay, I know that if I get an opportunity, I prepare well that I can perform at this level. Like I'm not some freaking slapdick dudes that should play at a freaking D3 school. Like I am capable of playing at the high, highest level and against the Louisville's of the world. So that was good for a confidence standpoint. Also for him knowing like, okay, I can put this dude in more and he's not going to F around and, and mess us up. So didn't end up starting again, which kind of was, was tough, but I would split time. Like I would go in probably every like second or third series. Tony would get a little more um, plays than me, but then it ended up getting to start again against Oklahoma in the bowl game and like had a good game at the pick six. And we freaking like, we're just, and we blanked them. Like we just whooped them. So that was good from a confidence standpoint for me, for coach, for the fan base, uh, going into my junior year. So, but yeah, that was, I tried quitting. He, but he wouldn't, wouldn't let me. Two years later, <clears throat> at the national championship celebration at Death Valley, you get up to speak. Cry the whole time. <laughs> yeah, well, especially when you when when you brought, uh, when you mentioned his name, you 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 really broke down. Yeah. All right, mine might be a, a little longer than everybody else's, um, just because I grew up in this area. Um, I've been a part of this my whole life. Um, I'm one of y'all. Um, I think the, the best verse that uh, epitomizes this team is uh, 1 Corinthians 9.24. And it says, in a race, everyone runs, but only one wins first prize. So run your races in a way to win. Um, and our team did that all year. Uh, from the start of all-season workouts um, to the very last snap of a Monday night's game, we ran. Um, we controlled the input. Uh, we controlled what I put our body. We controlled our mindset, our attitude every day at practice. Um, and we let the output take care of itself. We didn't care if we had to go across the country, play in Ohio State, and we were underdogs. Um, we focused on us. We controlled our input, and we took care of that game. Uh, we didn't care if we were playing Big Bad Alabama. Um, we, just, we focused on us. We took care of us in that game. Uh, so I, I'm really just so thankful for y'all. I'm so thankful for this community. I'm so thankful for, for guys like, like Stephon Anthony, Grady Jarrett, uh, and, and Eric McLean that taught me how to be a leader. Um, and not by their words, uh, but by their actions every day. Um, I'm so thankful for, for guys like Taj Boyd and CJ Spiller uh, that exhausted every moment and exhausted so much into this program and university uh, to get it where it is today. Um, I'm so thankful for, for Coach Sweeney for giving me the opportunity to play here. I'm so thankful for, for Coach V. Uh, I love him like a father. Um,
I'm so thankful for this university and the opportunity I've been given on uh, the platform that I've been placed on. And I'm just glad the Trebby's back home, y'all. Love y'all. What, what did he, sort of the culmination of everything, what, what did he mean to you? I mean, y'all are so similar. I guess that's part of it. Yeah, did I, uh, did I tell you that the week after, or no, the day after our wedding, he messaged me. I don't know why he messaged me on Facebook. Like, dude, you got my number. <laughs> but he messaged me the day after my <laughs> wedding. Uh, he was already in Oklahoma, and we didn't invite a lot of people to our wedding. It was just family. Like, we had maybe 60 to 70 guests at our wedding. I didn't want a big one. Like, I just wanted family there. And, like, I invited two of my friends, and then my wife invited, like, three of her friends. That was it. Everything else was, like, blood. And he messaged me the next night at like three in the morning on Facebook. And he was like, bro, why didn't you invite me to your wedding? You freaking <laughs> idiot. That pisses me off. <laughs> and I'm like, one, why are you up on Facebook at like three in the morning? Two, uh, like explain, like we just invited a family. I knew you were already in Oklahoma. I'm not about to add to your place. So that was funny. Um, and that kind of, explains our relationship. He was like, dude, what the F? Why didn't you invite me to your freaking wedding? And he's probably up watching tape and just like scrolling on Facebook like during the morning. But yeah, I think he, like other than my, like in that, so from 13 to 16, up to that point, other than my parents, he forced my hand the most from like a growth and like a maturity and just a man standpoint. Like, obviously I had the career that I did at Clemson because of him and just from like the things that I learned as a football player, but just from like a leadership, from like a hard work standpoint, from a communication standpoint, from like a details standpoint. Yeah. He, whether I wanted it or not, he freaking forced it on me. And I love him for it. I'm super thankful for like, the tough love that he showed me for four years. Yeah, you would have asked me this in 2014. I would have probably, if we weren't on a recording, I would have probably cussed him out. But where I am now, so looking back like, over just the season of my life of 28 years and specifically 13 to 16, yeah, he forced me to make the biggest jump as like this a man and as a leader that I've ever had to make um, and I'm thankful for it he's a freaking yeah, he's, he's my guy he said he was tougher on you than any other athlete he's coached I'm, he said that right I'm glad he, did he say that or you he, well in the, in the David Hale article it quoted you saying that it said, yeah, well I've heard him I guess it was an article, or either he like told Skalski. I think he told it. I think he told the linebackers like a year or two after that he was tougher on me than any other guy that he's coached in his life. Um, and yeah, it's been six years since then. I mean, maybe he has ridden some other guy's tail, but all in all, I know I had to be. Freaking top two, and I bet money that I ain't number two. And yeah, I'm, he was tough on me. 
Did I tell you the story about how he cussed me out and I took it out on Seth Ryan? No. The coaches at the Lions. Lord, is this one. I, also, I got seven meeting, seven minutes. I got a, yep. a meeting coming up at 11. Sure. Um, it was my freshman year. Uh, I wasn't playing at all. And after his, his bowl season, who we played? Ohio State my freshman year? 13, I think it was yeah. Ohio State. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So at bowl season, the freshmen and the scout team have to stay after to do like team drills. It's freaking awful. And you are miserable. You just went through a two and a half hour practice and then you got to stay an extra 45 minutes to go through team with like the young guys or the scouts. And I'm a freshman. I'm not playing. So I had to freaking stay. And we were doing a team drill. I missed a tackle. And he already like hates me at this point. Cause I'm already in an entire freshman year and just him having to deal with me. So he lays into me and calls me the P word. Like you are a mother effing P word, like seven times up in my face and granted. Okay. I'm just like, well, I'll just say this. It's 2013, like in this football. So like that didn't bother me. So if like someone sees this, like I don't want that to get him in like trouble. Like I needed that that's football. And that was like the way of the world. I know it's 2022 and the whole world is soft nowadays and people will cry, but like, that's what he did. And it, I, like, it's fine. It, I'm not bothered. By right. It, right. But cussed, cussed me out. And that was, he cussed me an entire year. That was the first time he called me a P word. And I'm like, bro, I'm, I'm many things, but I am not that like you can cuss me out. But I promise you, I am not one of those. And that pissed me off. Like, I was I, – I mouthed back off to him. I, I said that. I was like, Coach, like, I'm many things, and you can cuss me out, but I promise you, I'm not one of them. Watch this. And here's uh, – five minutes. Um, so, next play, they do a little screen pass to to Seth Ryan. <laughs> So his dad is re- dad's Rex. He's now coaching with the Lions. Got a pretty great gig. Good dude, like yeah. super cool guy. But he's six foot, a buck twenty, looking wet. And I'm at that point. I'm six foot two thirty five. Like I've been and through pissed. and pissed. Like I just called got called the p word in front of the whole team. So I run over there as soon as Seth catches the ball. He like jabs outside and then cuts back in and cuts straight back into me. And imagine the Syracuse play, but on a million. Oh my gosh. So I didn't like, I literally, so if you get the Syracuse play, I picked him up and then I kind of fell backwards with him. This one, I picked Seth up literally on top of my head and then just dropped him upside down on top of his head. Oh man. It was, it was probably the best play I've ever made. Just the most, or most, most aggressive for for me, the coolest play I've ever made. You know, it's just like in a scout team practice, but I literally dropped him on his head. His body like just folds because he lands on his neck. And I just, it was way too aggressive. Like, I would have got suspended for an entire year if I did that in the game now. But I hit off, flipped him, and ran back. I literally just ran straight back to Coach Venables, got in his face. <laughs> and I was like, 
am I a P word? <laughs> like, am I one now? And he just nodded his head and like just grinned. Like knowing he was like, that's that's what I needed to see. Like that's oh. why I called you what I called you, because I needed to see that. And um yeah, I don't know what your question was. What was your question? <laughs> I don't even remember. I got one more. Yeah, I, one yeah. more. If, uh, what does it mean to have your voice booming over the loudspeakers as the intro, yeah, as part of the intro video for the team? As the saying goes, if you're not going to give 110%, keep your filthy hands off my rock. Now you may be asking. What does 110% really look like? Well, let's say this. You know it when you see it. It's the plays and the moments that define the legacy of this program. AJ with a pick six. It's what's led us to the longest home winning streak in the college football playoff era. It's fourth and 16. Hopkins, he makes the catch the it's goal line stand after goal line stand after goal line stand. Hey, it was BYOG, bring your own guns. It's making the catch when it matters the most. Catch by Ross, wow. Touchdown. It's giving everything you have for everyone that came before you. This is for the Taj Boys, the new cop can Sammy Watkins. Y'all built this for this program, for this university, for death. not going to give 110% to keep their filthy hands off my rug. Yeah, I uh, will be very honest. I was so flattered that they asked. I was like, so the guy that's over there, the media at uh, Kyle Culture, I think it's the name, um, we did a speech together for this Clemson organization a couple months ago. We both spoke, and he's like, dude, i got this project for you that I want. I think you'd be great for Give me your number and I'll shoot you a text in a couple weeks. And I thought he was just BSing me because we didn't have to see each other. He's giving me his petty invite. But he actually texted me and said, this is the script. This is what we want you to do. want it to be. It's going to be on the big screen as the buses are rolling around. Are you? Do you want to do it? I'm like, bro, do I want to do it? Like, <laughs> I am flattered that you think I'm cool enough to do that video. Absolutely, I want to do it. And, uh, I came up, uh, I couldn't tell anybody because they just like, they wanted, wanted to be a surprise. Um, but I went up there the Thursday before we played Georgia Tech. It was like 8.30 at night because had, it had to be dark outside. We filmed it for like 45 minutes. And, uh, yeah, when I got to see it against Furman, boy, I about started tearing up. Wow. It was, uh, yeah, it was cool. Just to like – Hear the script, see the video, have it all tied in. Uh, it's like, that's cool. You know, just like after six years, um, finally kind of get an opportunity to like, I don't know, have, like be back in the stadium and like for, for an entire year. Um, it was cool. Yeah. And I, yeah, I would, I'd like to be back in that stadium. Uh, over the course of my life, at some point, I feel like I had a good enough career to 
get somewhere yeah. my name place in that stadium but yeah to have that that video i was like especially for me just like i feel like i represent all of just the kids that are undersized that grew up as a family dude i remember to this day like going on the field grabbing guys gloves like asking for these dudes like armbands being that guy and that's that's how i want to spoke about at the speech after we won i said dude i I was one of y'all like i literally remember being on the field being a fan to now get to be a player and then now coming back to be a fan it's been a pretty unique perspective so i feel like yeah i am like me and hunter Renfro are very similar you know we're like we represent kind of all the guys that may not have all the talent but like we work your nuts off like hard work cures a lot of things and um yeah so all in all the video is super cool and uh very very thankful about that hey i got good news for you saturday's game it's before your bedtime it's at noon so you should be able to watch yeah i'm pretty sure i'll do that (laughs) hey man i'll let you get to your meeting but awesome conversation as always i really appreciate it yeah thanks for the time bro ben bulware there's a reason he is a frequent guest on this podcast really enjoyed that thanks for his time also thanks to the support of our very loyal sponsors most of all thanks to every one of you for downloading and hitting that play button be safe cheers